0: Hi, you're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network produced at 3CR Community Radio on Wurundjeri Country and I'm Nikki Stott this week on Earth Matters, guest presenter Nikki Page speaks with Victor Stephenson from Firesticks Sticks Alliance and Kangaroo Island resident Lara Tilbrook about the cultural burn project taking place in the northwest of Kangaroo Island earlier this year in response to the devastation of the 2019 bushfires.
1: I was trying to care for country, but unfortunately, due to the way the legislation is, it's not possible to manage heritage land to reduce fuel loads whilst protecting biodiversity. It's a really difficult process to get appropriate permits and approvals in place for cultural burning. So after reading Fire Country by Victor Stephenson, I thought, wow, you know, this is the way forward and I contacted Fire Sticks and eventually, after about a year, year and a half of lots of emails and getting a team together and finding some funding with the support of Nature Conservation Society of South Australia, Fire Sticks and Landcare, we were able to go to KI with traditional owners, with Victor and with community from from the different nations that have ancestral connections to country.
2: Now you have said to me before that cultural burning is about Indigenous people practising culture on country, not white people learning to burn. Now you're a, a white person who's got some land, wants to look after it. How do you see yourself fitting into that? guideline if you like
1: look I'm just trying to find ways forward to care for country and to show respect to our first nation people so I see myself as a facilitator we hosted the communities and traditional owners and Victor and it was you know a wonderful wonderful memorable time sharing stories around the fire connecting sharing meals and sharing our love for country.
2: And do you think there is a growing awareness amongst the presumably mostly white landowners on Kangaroo Island about this direction for taking care of the country and the wildlife on that country?
1: Look, I think there's a huge movement. I think South Australia is way behind. Cultural burning from where I sit is the key to adapting to climate change. BioStix is doing amazing work across the whole of Australia and it's time we got on board. There's a real urgency to heal country out northwest KI. The country's really sick and it needs people just like we need country.
2: When you say it's sick that's Kind of a shocking statement because a lot of South Australians, a lot of Australians, a lot of people on the planet think of Kangaroo Island as a (laughs) pristine environment, as somewhere that gives them hope.
1: Kangaroo Island is a stronghold for threatened species. Well, it was until the catastrophic events. If we don't start caring for the country, we're going to see bigger fires than what we've experienced in 2019, 2020. There is so much fuel load, there is a lot of work to be done in sustainable, genuine care and management. You know, as somebody who has invested purchasing 400 acres of heritage bushland, I want to care as best as I can for this country. However, the permitting process is really quite complicated It's not an easy process to apply for permits to allow for cultural burning on that country.
2: Are there people working to change that?
1: I hope so. I certainly am very grateful for the work of uh, Nature Conservation Society of South Australia. They are working at the moment to allow Victor and the communities to start preparations and move forward with cultural burning. I'd like to see a change of policy to allow for a much easier process for permits for cultural burning. At the moment, it is a very labour-intensive process, applying for permits, employing consultants. It takes huge amounts of expertise, time, energy and money. I think we really need to show respect and trust that the process of cultural burning is one that we should be supporting and, yeah, just really encouraging the movement.
3: The idea for Fire 6 is to solely support communities to build their capacity to manage their own lands, help with sharing knowledge and training and um, and trying to get some wins around, you know, loosening up legislation and the insurances and things like that. So, you know, just to make it easier for our communities and to help them establish themselves in different regions.
2: And it's also sort of a public face of the work too isn't it that people can go to your website and have a
3: look and see what's going on? Yeah it's good that there's somewhere for people to go you know. Before then you know I was just on my own doing a lot of this work and now since those wildfires in 2019 there's been a huge interest and People are starting to wake up and realize, you know, what we've been saying, you know, as Aboriginal Australia have been saying for so long is look after the land better. And now people can see that it's inevitable that we need to um, improve our practices. And so having five sticks there now to build on the partnerships as well to support communities and getting everyone to work together is really, really great. It's going to take all of us to um, look after this land better into the future. And um, so there's a lot of work to do. Victor, for
2: people who might not have their heads around it yet, what is cultural burning?
3: Well, Aboriginal fire knowledge and practices comes from thousands of years of understanding the landscape, living sustainably in this country for generations on end. And what it is about is that the land is the economy of the people. It's the life and property of the people, the entire landscape. And, you know, our natural resources is the highest value in terms of having healthy landscapes and food and, and, you know, lots of resources to trade and to hold ceremonies and to feed neighbouring clan groups. And to have a really healthy landscape is a healthy culture and a sustainable one, you know, and that links in spiritually as well, the cultural stories and cultural knowledge of fire and managing the land for food as well, you know, in terms of biodiversity to stop wildfires because you know you wouldn't allow wildfires to destroy the landscape people wouldn't have been able to survive for thousands of years and be as sustainable and plus the land wouldn't have been in such a great shape when the settlers first came to Australia it was totally beautiful and large trees and all the animals were here so that all demonstrates that the land was cared for and was evolved with people and and Aboriginal fire practices are crucial because they're a part of the landscape now. People have been involved in applying fire for so long that it's part of the evolution of a lot of our ecosystems that need fire and the animals' behavior as well and how what they expect in terms of the right fires for landscapes for their habits and their lifestyles and you know it's a whole integrated system that people were a part of, and that's being upset now and bringing that back. Um, is a huge, huge task, you know, when we look at where we are today and the perspectives of fire, which is just basically fear and hazard reductions and all these words that are not nice rather than um, friends with fire and fire is beautiful and it cleanses the land, it's something that spiritual. So it's a stark opposite, it's completely opposite to Western mind frames in terms of mentally and physically and the relationships with landscapes as well.
2: And it's a lot, lot more than just knowing what time to burn.
3: That's right. Yeah. It's understanding when the country needs fire and where to burn, what types of country ecosystems that need fire and what don't need fire. It's really important that people understand that it's not about burning all the landscape. It's a lot of landscape that we don't want to burn. And, you know, I always refer to as no fire country and, then the, the landscapes that we do burn, you know, there are timings for that and there's curing and seasons and and that's all part of um, looking after and respecting the identity of different ecosystems in the landscape and ensuring that that diversity is maintained and not lost through um, monocultures or, you know, wildfires that destroy everything or land clearing development and a whole range of threats that our landscape faces today.
2: Victor. A- Mostly today, we're going to talk about Kangaroo Island and your involvement there, but just give us a bit of a sense about how the movement for cultural burning is going nationally and even internationally.
3: That's right. You know, the movement of Indigenous knowledge in general is really a global movement. People all over the world are starting to um, see that, you know, we've come to a point where, you know, we don't have all the answers. Uh, we've come to a point where Mother Nature is starting to set off alarm bells for us to act, for us to take notice and be aware of things. And people are looking for solutions now and, and they want to find solutions now. And Indigenous people have always been there and waiting for the opportunity to contribute. And um, I think it's just time now that's pushing in that direction. And so, yeah, not just with fire, but with many things, you know, and the fire movement, particularly in Australia here, has really um, helped to mentor the rest of the world as well and to help bring that awareness on a global scale. It's been really amazing what Aboriginal Australia has been able to achieve in the last couple of decades around their fire knowledge and trying to implement their management back on country. It certainly hasn't um, gone un- unheard on a, you know across the ocean. And that's brought a lot of opportunities around us going overseas and sharing knowledge overseas. And, Give me the opportunity to work with communities in Canada, connect with communities in America, and you know even another Finland and so, but not so much with fire over there, but more around traditional knowledge in general. So it's just really um, been great, and there's a lot of interest in that. And we also have a lot of um, traditional owners in Northern Territory as well who've been going over to Africa. You know that's just fantastic that collaboration and you know and that representation of Indigenous Australia being able to lead the way with a lot of this and that movement has happened in Australia through communities mentoring each other and doing workshops and that's all happened from our own aspirations and efforts of just making the workshops happen we've had funding or no funding and finding drips and drabs wherever we could and it's really paid off because now um, you know we've got training models happening now and communities are stronger you know some areas are doing, you know, a lot of consultancy on their land now, Red Fire, and and other ones are managing large offsets. And now we're getting into the Aboriginal fire credits. You know, we're looking at schools and curriculums and education programs and, you know, and that's all come from the efforts of communities. It's such a great movement because it's so important and the benefits that come from all this work is just multiple because it leads to health of people, it leads to employment, it leads to reviving knowledge and culture and identity, and you know, and it just feels so amazing to be connected to landscapes and, you know, and that's just not for Aboriginal people but that's for non-Indigenous people too and there's a memory inside all humans that have a connection to landscape from their ancestral and where they come from in the world and so there's a really beautiful feeling inside people that tells them that this is right and this is amazing and there's so much to learn and, and why aren't we doing this already, you know? <laughs> it's just inevitable that people are going to have to have a closer relationship with the landscapes and culturally as well, more enhanced around our natural environment and with each other and um, respecting old knowledge systems and, and indigenous peoples and their place and it's just so important so the movement is great and coming down to south australia that's something that's just happened recently and you know coming down there and doing the first burn in adelaide in the city and when i first went there and i saw the burn in a park in the middle of the city i thought wow we're burning in the city but on that day when we did that burn it was so amazing and you know and it really did um ring a lot of bells in south australia and and now um i'm You know, working with those um, clan groups in that area again and um, on Kangaroo Island and all across the the mainland there and and it's really beautiful that there's three clan groups there that are working together and trying to get the same process started for, um, for South Australia as well. So that's just starting.
0: You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network.
3: Well, like everywhere else, you know, it's all by invitation. It's about communities that live in those areas. They witness a bad fire or they witness a really terrible event that happened on their lands or they're really concerned about the health or the state of their landscape, you know, in terms of fear for wildfire coming in the future. It all comes from the regions themselves and the um, the indigenous communities, and also some of the non-indigenous community of Kangaroo Island that got involved. And they just get in touch and say, "Hey, we think it's important that you come over and see. If we can instate, you know, the work over here, and one thing leads to the next. And you know, from a little simple email from one lady named Lara there on Kangaroo Island that wanted to make it happen, and so I said to her, you know talk to the traditional owners and if you can get them all on board, then I'll come over and, and they get to that point And then we come over and yeah, before you know it now, we're looking at putting the first bones on KI hopefully soon and, you know, work with the mob there and, and just keep on building that blocks as we go along. And that's the same process that's happened everywhere else. It just starts off like that from the aspirations of the community For me, going in invitation only. And now some communities have got ranger outfits and all the equipment, doing burning vast amounts of country and working in partnership with their regions. And and that's what it's all about. You know, it's about building that capacity within regions. And and that's crucial. And every area is different in terms of the landscapes and in terms of what sort of health problems they have with their country or what industries are on their country whether it's cattle or mining industries or whether it's private landholders or council land. It all varies on how we apply the support. We work across all 10 years and I think it's something that everyone should be um, working together on across all 10 years to ensure that we stabilise a really sound knowledge of our landscapes that's community-based and um, shared for our future generations. You're
2: talking about land management And in so many ways, that's been something that's been managed either by private landowners or by governmental organisations, isn't it? Keeping on on Kangaroo Island, maybe. What's needed for making that shift to a different kind of looking after country?
3: Well, what's needed is, um, firstly, is open-mindedness and to eliminate competitiveness, you know, with land care agencies that are there and to really... Accept the fact that we all need to work together, you know, and getting Aboriginal people back on the island as well, and to manage that land and to um, put the custodians back there to look at all the practices of farming and agriculture, and you know, massive timber plantations there that have been wiped out by the fires, and it's a huge mess, massive mess, and all of that have comes from the past management of the island and and how they've been valuing that island in terms of industry and economy and not to its fullest extent around its natural management and how we look after that island, but more importantly, how that island is cared for and feeds into the economy that is a little bit more friendly to the landscape and not to the point where those wildfires can happen again, you know. It really is does need people working together. Already you can see more and more support building on the island, more landholders offering their land to get involved, and it's just going to have to take workshop by workshop for everyone and all the stakeholders involved in that, island to just work together because it's such a special place and for the indigenous traditional owners of that land it is really really a special place and and so it really needs to be cared for and even on the the European side of it everyone acknowledges it as a beautiful island and it's just a shame to see it in the state it's in now and that's why I always stress you know everyone's got to work together everyone's got to support each other We've got to move forward in a way that doesn't allow people to throw spanners in the work, and allow differences to get in the way of, you know, a really exciting way forward to look after that land and to evolve people into the future.
2: Victor, I saw you speaking on Q&A not long after those big fires and you made a memorable statement then by saying it's time for white people to take the passenger seat. Is that summarised still the way you'd see it?
3: Yeah, well, it was generally directed at the government. A lot of white people are really supportive and there's so many non-Indigenous people that are part of this movement and are part of supporting the communities and Indigenous and non-Indigenous, you know, and that comment was directed solely towards the government and the the frustration around this government and um, a lot of the organisations and corporations that dictate um, our landscapes and dictate the legislations and dictate all the funding and, and resources. And that um, suggestion of getting in the passenger seat was let us put forward the way how we want to manage our land, getting in the passenger seat, meaning you're in the car with us and we're in there together and we're learning and you're able we're able to share. But, you know, when we look at the current situation of government, we're not even in the passenger seat, you know, we're not even in the car. We're sitting on the side of the road watching the car go down the road. And then we see it go the wrong direction and break down. And then we stand there just going, man, when are they going to come back to square one here, pick us up and move forward? I mean, it's just ridiculous. But when um, Hamish bowled me that question, it was a really easy one. It was like easy to hit for a six. (laughs) And so what would you say to the government? And it's just like, you know, really simple, you know, give us a go. Let us show you and come with us so that we can get the right processes happening and kick some goals and the answers to looking after our land. You know, the health and improving our farming, our agriculture, you know, improving jobs, economy. But at the moment, it's fear. It's hazard reduction. Keep the community away from the fire. Keep them away from the land. It's only government that manages the land. And we can't evolve a healthy culture that way. And we're not going to revive Indigenous knowledge that way on a national scale. And, and so we've just jumped in our own car and just gone full speed and just said, well, we're going to go anyway. But the only difference is that we're stopping and trying to pick them up and bring them with us. <laughs> so we got a bus, yeah.
2: <laughs> yes, hopefully with another trailer or two tacked on behind. Yeah,
3: as, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. really important, you know. Like people got to understand that this is not about black and white. You know, this is about system, and the system is what's really damaging to all of us. I mean, look what COVID's doing. Look at the segregation that's going on between our society now. It just goes on and on. And and we see people in our communities alienating each other just because of a stupid needle. And that's been happening, you know, in the past so many times for Aboriginal people. We know we can't allow that sort of thing because that is what destroys culture. That's what limits opportunities to looking after our land and looking after each other and bettering our education systems and making things relevant for our regions and people on the ground. And most importantly, being major contributors to how we evolve into the future. And it's not about black and white here. You know, I'm a mixed race as well, you know. I have black and white bloodlines in me. And, you know, there's so many white people that I've met across Australia that are so beautiful and so supportive and are so close to the Indigenous communities there. And I see it because I travel across Australia and I, I see or meet all these people. And there is so much beauty out there. And and that's the hope I see. So. It's the governments that make it hard for us and it's the governments that that should be doing a lot more to um, empower people. And I think that's going to happen. I think they are. We've just got to keep going, you know.
2: Victor, you're an inspiring speaker. I really do appreciate you taking time out of your incredibly busy life to uh, talk with us today. One of the other things you manage in your incredibly busy life is singing and you've written a beautiful song called Great Land. Would you mind... Just wrapping up by doing an introduction
3: to that song? Yeah, well, Great Land was a song that um, I put together just after the wildfires in 2019. I had no idea that I was going to record it or anything because I've been doing music since I was a kid, you know, and and really into that and always will be. I thought, well, I'll record that song because everything was so dark and COVID came along and it was just this sense of darkness stretched across the landscape and I get a lot of, feedback from people that you know they were really concerned about the future and climate change stuff as well on top of that wanted to just shed some light really (laughs) and just hope and and just in a way put it into a song that hey you know the land's calling us it's you know it's what it's saying and people are starting to see that so you know let's sing a song about the landscape and you know the voice of land and basically i just read it through my relationship with the land and and just shared that yeah you know music and art and that's all big part of indigenous knowledge transfer you know and big part of ceremony it's more than just art it's so much more because it's more spiritual it talks about knowledge and so it's such an important field and you know and that's why I've gone to writing children's books and you know recording another song for kids as well about fire and that's something that I also want to see expand and get more people involved in doing and just build more exciting resources that are really aligned with the solution and and really creating that pathway for the future generations while we maintain one of the oldest cultures in the world into the future.
0: You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Today on the show, we heard from guest presenter Nikki Page speaking with Victor Stephenson from Firesticks Alliance and Kangaroo Island resident Lara Tilbrook about the cultural burn project taking place in the northwest of Kangaroo Island earlier this year in response to the devastation of the 2019 bushfires. And you can find out more about Firesticks Alliance at firesticks.org.au. You can find today's podcast and all the details and links from today's show at 3cr.org.au forward slash earthmatters. And if you're already listening via a podcasting service, we would love you to subscribe. And why not rate us and give us a review to help spread the word. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous support and the Community Radio Network for all their hard work in getting this show out to you. Earth Matters is produced at 3CR Community Radio in Fitzroy, Nam, And we can be contacted at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com. And you can also find us on your socials. So that's all for this week. But don't forget, tune in next week for more environmental justice stories. And we'll go out with a track by Victor Stephenson, Great Land. His music is available on Spotify. And while you're at it, check out his 2020 book, Fire Country. growth forest compared to a forest which is regrowing after a disturbance like logging, they're actually quite different ecosystems. Generally, like older, wetter forests,
2: go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377.
0: There are many ways that you can keep up to date with 3CR news, events and programs. 3CR website is a great spot to catch all your shows via audio on demand or scroll through our range of podcasts it's also where you can sign up to our monthly newsletter buy yourself a new t-shirt or check out archival audio from past broadcasts of course we're also on facebook twitter and instagram but don't forget our mighty am band catch us anytime on 855 am keep in touch